Whenever we get to a point of really soul searching and questioning and awakening to our existence, I think there's a topic that always comes up, spirituality and religion. And so today's episode, we're going to talk about the dynamics between those two. Welcome back, everybody. Um, today's topic, I want to start out by putting a disclaimer out there that, um, again, there's no right or wrong or there's no intention to offend anybody to try to convince somebody that their belief systems are wrong. Um, these are merely our experiences, and Darnell and I both will try to, well, not try, but we will stay pretty neutral um, when it comes to kind of our opinions on how things should be, uh, as I'm saying that Darnell's smiling, so we're going to try to do our best to, to, to kind of be in a neutral place. However, we will share our examples and our experiences and our beliefs. And that way you can take them for what they are, because if the, you have a strong opinion about one of the certain topics that we're going to talk about, especially when it comes to religion uh, or spirituality or how they interplay or how they are completely opposite. Uh, if you have a strong opinion and by hearing what ours is may help reinforce or help give you a different perspective or paradigm, uh, either way, uh, we just encourage, you know, the, it seems like religion is always one of those topics, religion and politics are all the topics that you want to try to stay away from because they can flare up, uh, conflict pretty easily. Right. So, um, again, I want to put that disclaimer out there for today's topic because we truly are having a conversation and just sharing our own experiences when it comes to spirituality and religion and how it's had an influence and impact on our lives. And even from quite a few people that we talk to right Darnell on a regular basis, there's, there's a lot of opinion on common theme. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, or certain themes that keep coming up and so forth. So, uh, and, and again, it could be, you know, like attracts like, so we could, we could be attracting people that have similar opinions of ours or, you know, based off what it is. So, um, Darnell, what do you when you when you hear the word spirituality versus religion, what what kind of comes to mind for you? It's a good one. Um, spirituality to me is your unique relationship to God. So I can you know, well, since we're going to talk about it, so I believe in God. I believe there is a God. Um, you know, you can call. God, whatever you want to call God, source, you know, I don't believe God is a he. So I try to not reference God as, well, he will do this. No, God is the all in all, you know, that type of being. So to me, spirituality is your unique relationship and how you relate to God. Whereas religion is, hey, This is how you need to relate to God, or this is how God 
relates to you. And I, I just, in my experience, it's a very individual thing. So, yeah, I heard this, um, on a video I was watching where, um, one researcher that, that talks a lot about this, um, and wrote a book about it said basically that spirituality is our personal yearning for connection to something bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And religion is one mode to basically satisfy that yearning. So I, I like that. I like that. Uh, I like that description. Um, for me, uh, spirituality is really about the connection with our heart and our soul and the essence of who we really are. Um, I think that it's, it's for the most part, people can, can t attach themselves to regardless of what your religious or cultural beliefs are. Uh, most people can attach themselves to the idea that we're all part of something bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. Whether that's mother nature, whether that's universe, whether that's a religion, whether that's God, whether that's Allah, what, what, you know, all the different types of ways you can look at it. Um, for me, spirituality is, is just true connection to spirit and essence of who we are. You know, it's been said that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. Yep. And whether you believe in spirituality or religion, I think that coincides and it suffices both elements. Mm -hmm. I do think that there is a very big differentiation between how things are between religion and spirituality. And for me personally, and I'll kind of share a little bit of my experience, you know, as we're talking about the awakening this season and how, you know, you get to a point where you, you have the breaking point, that moment in life where you're shook and you have this moment of like, holy shit, who am I? Why am I here? How do I fit in in this big wide world? Right. You have this moment of, of just questioning everything about your own existence to then all of a sudden you have like this, th this time period of, of just asking the questions. Well, who am I? Well, I've been raised to believe this. I've been raised to be taught this. And, and is that really, is that true to me? How do I believe? How do I feel about those things? And so then you go into this explorative adventure of really trying to figure out what settles well with you. Um, for me, so religion growing up, I was not really into, even though there was religion within the home. Um, but see, for me, religion was always used as kind of a, a belt or a stick a or control, yeah. A, yeah, control. It was, it was more of, Hey, you know, you, you have to do this. You have to obey this. You have to live this lifestyle or else. And so with my upbringing of being, you know, in a, in a domestic yard, but in a, a violent home, um, and, and again, it wasn't always violent, but, but being probably physically beat more than I should have being in trouble more often, having the, the wounds that I have from, from mother, um, you know, so being in that environment, that was just another tool and another weapon used against me. And so I didn't resonate. I didn't like it. And as I got older, I mean, you, you go we we talked about this off mic, you know, you and I, Darnell, that, you know, our generation, we were kind of born and church was just the thing that we did. Yeah. Right. It's just like, Hey, church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On <laughs> sure. Sundays it was like, Hey, we're going to church and that's, that's just the pattern of it. Um, so there was a, a little bit of an element. And then as I got a little bit older into my teenage years, like I try to 
detach myself from that as much as possible. Now, there was a lot of shame. There was a lot of guilt for me personally tied into that that was intertwined with the religious aspect of it. Why? Because, you know, they talk about, you know, if you do these things, then you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like I've shared my story with, you know, that kind of stuff and feeling like I was an abuser because of my sexual abuse experience. Um, I had this perception that, well, I'm already a hellion. I'm already going to hell because of the things that I've done. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Yeah. Why try? Yeah. And then I would, you know, and then you go to church and they talk about repentance. They talk about different things that you can do. And it's like, okay, do that. But then. But only after they browbeat you with the fact that you're worthless. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That I'm. Oh, now, but now, but now if you repent, you can start over. Yeah. But tomorrow you're going to be a worthless sinner again. (laughs) Right. Anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that was my experience. And so as I got into high school, I really kind of detached myself and try to get away from that. Um, and then, uh, and then as I got older, lo and behold, when I met my ex-wife, um, I knew she was religious. I wasn't necessarily religious at the time. And, uh, she ended up getting a blessing from her church that, uh, that basically kind of said that she wouldn't marry someone in her, you know, that religion was the, the Mormon or the LDS religion. And she had got a, a blessing that was called a patriarchal blessing. And this blessing is supposedly a blessing for life um, and kind of gives instructions on what, what, what life can be, what blessings are you entitled to if you live righteously and so forth. And she, we were together and we were dating and, you know, in love at the time. And uh, I was a basketball player and playing college ball and, um, you know, was looking at, possibly getting married because I was ready to, to move out of state to go play college ball. And she basically says, Hey, I want to go get my patriarchal blessing. And I says, okay. And, uh, she went and got it and came back to me, you know, a little short time after that. And kind of said, Hey, I, in my blessing, it said that I would marry someone that proves himself worthy to serve a mission. And for those of you who are not familiar with the LDS religion, um, to serve a mission basically is where you leave everything, you know, from a normal living perspective for two years for, for men, for boys, and then a year and a half for girls, but you leave and you go out and you preach you full time, you go and preach the gospel that they, that they have in their religion. So for me at that time, you're telling me that my whole life up to that point was built around basketball, getting a scholarship. And and I had the dreams and aspirations to have a career playing basketball And now I'm here with a woman that I'm in love with at the time and wanting to be the knight in shining armor. And she gives me this kind of ultimatum and says, look, if you want to marry me, you got to go on a mission. And so at first I was pissed off. Like I was like, oh, hell no. Are you serious? You know that that was not what I wanted to do. But because of, because of, of my upbringing and elements and trying to be a, quote, good person, right? And be one with that's be accepted, especially in the culture of Utah living in Utah. Um, I said, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it for you. But that's the only reason why I'm going. Right. And I said, so help me if you, if I hear that you're dating somebody else or, or you're going to leave me during this two year time frame, I'm going home because yeah. there's no way in hell I'm going oh, yeah. doing this for myself. Yep. So I did that. So I did that for, for two years. Went on a mission, 
Uh, the first year was absolutely brutal. The second year was got a little bit better just because I changed my perspective and said, Hey, I'm in Mexico. I might as well just, you know, learn more about the culture and kind of just embrace it. And plus I only have a, you know, I'm less than a year and each day was countdown day to get home. So then from there, as I got home from that mission, right. I, we got, I got married super early because again, nuances of the religion, you can't have sex until you get married. And so that was a big push, obviously after two years of, of being away. And, uh, and so got married 30 days after, um, and then that first year, there was so, so much conflict between my my now ex-wife and my wife and I. But we ended up getting pregnant. And with my experience, I'm like, hey, you know, my my biological father abandoned me and my mom when, when he found out that I was pregnant. So I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm going to do that to my my daughter my, or my kid. Um, and then, you know, obviously it was just like, hey, I, we got to make this work with me and my wife at the time. Yep. And so I just kind of said, Hey, put your big boy panties on and, and, you know, just suck it up and live this life. And so for that, for the next 10, 11 years, I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I was making the Kool-Aid and I, I tried my hardest to live that life. But those 10 years and 11 years that I was doing it, man, those were brutal because of so much emotional turmoil, so much shame, so much guilt, so much mm-hmm. pain that was caused because of the religion. Mm-hmm. And let me preface this, right? Not all aspects of the religion were pushing that way, but a lot of them were. There are some beautiful points in that religion, as well as every religion yeah. in my perspective, yeah. right? There's there's some elements that I think are just absolutely amazing. But for the most part, from my personal experience, religion demonstrated another form of ego, another form of control, another form of, of manipulation. Um, and so for me, it wasn't... It wasn't a positive experience. And the interesting thing is, is, is since I have now left organized religion in my belief system, um, a lot of people are starting to kind of come out of that as well. A lot of people are starting to, to walk away from religion saying, yes, I experienced the same kind of thing. Um, so, you know, your, your experience with religion is far different, right? Cause y- yeah. you were kind of raised in it and then yeah, I was raised in it, went to school in it. Like every, you know, that was my, so what was your paradigm like? So my paradigm, you know, I went to Christian schools all my life, all through from kindergarten all the way through, you know, 12th grade, um, go to church on Sundays, you know, everything was got like every every day, you know, was God centered or focused. Um, it's, it's interesting because you see, you know, growing up, you would see how kids would rebel and it was like, you know, the classic preacher's daughter or the preacher's son <laughs> yeah, and literally had friends whose dads were preachers and they were the ones causing the most hell. Like, you know, like, dude, like you don't really have to do all that. But I think there's some, innate thing when when religion is forced upon you you never develop that relationship with god yourself um so all i knew was what i had been taught okay i'm supposed to pray okay i'm supposed to go to church every sunday okay i'm not supposed to swear because god it's not good to swear i'm not supposed to have sex before marriage because that that's fornication all, all of those things. And then, you know, my experience, you know, I'm married, 
you know, I don't know what the hell I'm doing as a dad or a husband or anything. And then, you know, wife leaves and all of a sudden all those things I have been taught, they're put on full, you know, it's like step up. And what I learned was all the stuff that I had been taught, all the stuff that I believed, I couldn't stand on. It was not a foundation that I could stand on because I had never experienced. You got, you have to have your own experience with whatever religion or God or whatever your spiritual, you know, whatever it is, you got to have your own experience. Otherwise you're just living your mom's faith or your grandparents' faith. Right. So that's what happened to me. And I went on a journey when I realized that what I had been taught had grown up learning I couldn't, I had no faith in it. I couldn't rely on it to, to, as a source of strength. I couldn't rely on it to bolster any aspect of me. And so similar to you went on a journey, you know, and, and came to the conclusion that, like I said earlier, spirituality is your unique relationship to God. You're connect, like you said, connectedness. You're just yearning for that connection. And when you find it, then that's, there you go. That's yours. No one else can tell you what to believe, how to believe it, any of that. Yeah. So, I don't know if I'm making sense, but. No, absolutely. Um, when you say that you couldn't, you, there was the foundation that that was built on that you grew up or raised on. You couldn't stand on that. Maybe is there an example, yeah. like one specific thing yeah. that you when can I, share? When, so living in Las Vegas, uh, it was my birthday had earlier, probably a, maybe a month or so before had come home, excited, talked to my wife. Hey, they offered me a job, a promotion. Caveat, we have to move to California to take advantage of it. And she was like, yeah, let's go. And I was like, wait, what? You don't want to talk about this? Like, she was like, no, let's go. Okay. So I was like, great. Guess I'm, we're moving to California. <laughs> For me, I'm like, I'm, I'll go on the adventure. Yeah. You know, I've learned some things since then about, anyways. But it was my birthday. And this was, this would have been 2007. Yep. March of 2007, I was sick. And I remember, you know, sit, I was at home by myself and like, oh, I'm thirsty. I need something to drink. My throat hurts. So I walked downstairs. As I'm walking downstairs, I hear an audible voice that says, if you move to California, you will lose your family. I heard it like someone was standing in the room talking to me. Was and it I, a very white voice? No, it was just, <laughs> hey, if you move to California... I couldn't even tell you. It was just like, if you move to California, yeah. you will lose your family. And I audibly responded, no, I won't because God will protect me. So I had this, call it what you want, a false belief because that's basically what that, no, God's going to protect me. Why would he, he, he's provided this opportunity for me. So why would he provide an opportunity and then me take advantage of it and then take everything away from me? Like, that's not God. God would never do that. <laughs> you know, so we end up moving and probably within six months, they were gone, you know, had lost that within two months after that, lost my, lost the job that I moved there for. That took you out there the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's where it was like, 
I was all sorts of like, okay, now I can't believe, I can't trust anything that I have learned because what I had learned was God will protect me. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, blah, 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 right? Yeah, and as long as you're keeping those commandments, yeah. you, you know, yeah. everything's going to go I thought, great. You know, sure. I wasn't perfect, but I thought, hey, surely, you know, God is going to, he's not going to allow stuff like that to happen to me. I'm one of his children. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that that was the religion, but that's growing up. That's all I had heard. <clears throat> that's all I knew. So let me ask you, in, in that situation scenario, did you ever once correlate that voice that you heard to God? I knew it wasn't me. <laughs> and yeah, I thought I I correlated that to that was Satan. That was a demon. That was something telling oh. me like, hey, you know, so you that didn't, didn't, you didn't want me that to it. go, hey, hey. Don't go follow this opportunity that God has for you. Kind of like the Job syndrome, right? Yeah. Why would you do that? Don't do that. You're going to lose your family. And then for for a long time, I was like, well, God must have let that entity or whatever have its way and take my family from me, you know? And, you know, for a long time. That's what I believed because that's all I had been taught. Well, if, well, the, the only enemy I have is the devil. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't really believe that anymore, but you know, that was my experience. That was the moment where the foundation was shook. Yeah. yeah. Ripped, ripped. When and they- so you lost everything and you kind of, I mean, obviously we, we've, we've talked a little bit about this because of the in between the, that, mm-hmm. that episode with in between and kind of your experience. So you, you did though retreat when you mentioned, you talked about the in between, you did kind of retreat back into the religious perspective, right? You went yeah. soul searching Cause that's all- and God searching and so yeah. forth. So how did that, how did that experience happen? And, and where did you come out at the end of the, so then I went adventure? searching for myself. It wasn't me relying on what I had been taught. So now I read the Bible for myself. And I got impressions, insights that I learned from myself. I would read something, then all of a sudden see the principle play out in my life. And so when I would read the Bible, I would see patterns. I wouldn't, you know, most people can quote scriptures and be like, yay, I quoted a scripture. Great. But for me, it was, I see a pattern because I would read a scripture and go, well, let's take that one. Um, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Okay. That's what they taught me in school. But what happened before then? I'm going to read the verses before that. And then I'm going to read the verses after that to see, well, how did we get to the point that the weapons were formed in the first place? You know what I mean? And, and, you know, that's how I would learn the patterns of scripture, which led me to doing a deeper dive than what most people would do or what they're going to talk about in church. We don't have time to, I'm saying in church, they don't have time to go through everybody's, well, what's your situation? Let's, let's go and we're going to talk about John today and, and, and his situation you know, and run through all the verses that might be applicable to your situation. Yeah, it's this cookie cutter. Yeah. And, you know. And And so would you say today you are religious or more spiritual? I would say I'm more spiritual. 
do I still, I still read the Bible. Yes. I still, I can quote scriptures like the best of them. You know what I mean? I can, and, and I find them helpful, but I read scripture and I see scripture differently. It's not, I, they're, I see them as living words. These are words that are powerful. Um, and it's just an, it's an, I see scripture. They're powerful because there's no different than you and the book you've written. It's your experience that when somebody reads it, it's helpful to them. That's what I see scripture as. I don't to try and make it out to be something. And a lot of people will make it out to be something more than that. Yes, it's powerful, but I, it's more, Hey, these are the stories of men and women who lived during that time. There are other stories not included in quote the Bible, the 66 books of the Bible. There are other stories. Why weren't they included? Who knows? But there's other stories. You can find them. You can read them and all of that. You will learn. There's wisdom in everything, you know, and I'm starting to go all over the place, but <laughs> that's how I see it. Like yeah. if God wants to talk to you, he will get a hold of you. It's like that. What's that Jim Carrey movie where he was, where Morgan Freeman's God and he's, he's, uh, He's driving in the car and he's like, God, just give me a sign. And like the truck is like blinking lights. The the back of the truck is saying what he needs to do. And he's like, I just need a sign. And yeah. it's just like, <laughs> but <laughs> God will, God will meet you where you're at and he will get the information to you that you need in order for you to be the best and, and operate in the best at your best in any one or any given situation. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. So so let me ask you this as far as who you are today right as you kind of coming into your own during that time period you have the in-between soul searching you said you gained your own your own relationship with god mm-hmm. did that help you gain clarity about who you are as mm-hmm. a person yeah in what way just understanding my again my patterns and and There's, how do you explain this? Um, so you have your own patterns, your, you know, modus of operation, modus operandi or whatever, the way you operate, right? Yeah. How you show up. How you show up. Well, the Bible has patterns of how different people showed up in different situations. And if you, you know, I'm, I keep talking about the Bible, but if you, if you go to the Bible you can find someone in the Bible who had a similar situation, whether it be David, you know, or Job or something. And you see how they showed up and you can, you can lay on top of that. your the way you're showing up in that similar situation and see if the principles hold true in your life. So that's, that's how it, that's what I do. That's me you know, cause I'm more like logical about the stuff like that. So, but I've gone on the journey of, you know, more mysticism. I can go there. I can, I can, you know, I, I read, uh, the Zohar, uh, which is basically what they study. Like if you're Kabbalah, I mean, you've, you've heard of Kabbalah, right? No, it's a, it's Hebrew mysticism. Oh, okay. So, there, there's a whole series of books, the Zohar, 
about how the and it talks about how the world was created before Genesis. Like it's, it's it goes deep. I can yeah. go there, and I went there, and that's why sometimes when we have conversations, I'm like, well, I don't even think about stuff like that anymore because it's not practical for me. I can't live off of that. Yeah, you know. So that's what I do. That's what's helped me, and that's how it changed me in my relationship to God, where I don't feel like I need to go through anyone else to hear God. He's always talking. You know, there I go. I said he, but God is always talking. Mm -hmm. And it's just if, if I quiet myself and listen, I will get what he's saying. Yeah. So for me, my, my experience was drastically different. Um, when I got to a point where I was like done, uh, I remember it was like my world had just fallen apart. I mean, even more so than it ever had been. Mm -hmm. It was a time where I had an affair. I was in an addiction recovery program. Um, I had basically told my wife at the time that I just, I was living a lie because I was miserable living in that religion and playing that role. And I felt like I was very much playing a role. And I, it didn't sit well with who I was. I had a very hard time with um, certain aspects of the religion. Um, you know, aspects of that, that control, the shame, especially with big time with the shame. And I already had a lot of shame just from my entire life up to that point. So all the stuff that got piled on on top of that was even worse, right? Uh, you're not enough. You're not doing enough. You're not, you're not, you're not worthy enough. You're not righteous enough. And, and then one of the biggest kickers for me was when it came down to life, living life. And then what happens in the next phase? I had a very hard time with the, with with answering or thinking about the concept of, okay, so you're telling me that with all the stuff that I've experienced in my life, I have roughly, let's say, 80 years, if I'm lucky, 80 years to learn everything I possibly can. And then at that point in time, I'm going to be judged off of all the things that I did in that 80 years, which at that point in time, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to hell anyways, based off of their principles. Yeah, our, yeah. Right? And then from there, I'm going to be put into a certain one of the three main kingdoms. If I'm not cast out to hell, then I'm going to put one of these three kingdoms and then I'm there for the rest of my, of all eternity. That's the place. There's no progress. There's no, there's no opportunity to move up in the, in a kingdom. It's just, you're set, you're there, you're judged, judged, signed, sealed, delivered. And that's, that's it for eternity. Me being a father and loving my kids as much as I did, I had a very hard time stomaching that and saying, okay, if there is really a God, mm -hmm. if there really is a God, I have a very hard time him supposedly being all loving, right? The scripture says God is love. Yep. Simple, a simple, easy scripture. God is love. So if God is love, one, I didn't, I don't know if I fully even understood what love meant at that time, but if God is love, which of what I understood from love, but yet we don't have opportunity to progress beyond that. Once we, once we die, we don't have opportunity to grow, to expand, to learn more that never resonated with me. That didn't ever sat well with me. I had a very hard time with it. And then there are other things like when it comes to, you know, being cast out. And, and so the perception within religion for me was, is you say Scripture says God is love, but then the way you preach about how God is, God is vengeful, God is judgeful, you know, you have to be obedient or else you're cast out or else you're punished. Mm -hmm. That, to me, never 
corresponded and connected the dots of God is love. But yet if you mess up and, and in my life, I was constantly messing up. So I'm like, ain't this some shit? Yep. So he's not loving me. He's, he's, I'm just going to be punished. So I'm being yeah. told, you know, I, I was given the message at a young age that I'm a bad boy. Yep. Well, shit, God's telling me the same thing. So what's the point? Yeah. So I really kind of got to the point in my life at that time in that juncture of me saying, you know what? I'm done. Like, why would I sit there and believe in something that I'm already failed at? There's no point in even exploring that. There's no point in even believing that. And, and just internally, I never connected with that. My heart could never fully buy into everything that they were teaching. There were just too many just inconsistencies. Too, yeah, yeah. Right? There are too many inconsistencies. And you can tie that into my own personal shame. And I wanted to, I just wanted to be um, valued. I wanted to feel worthy, but I never did. So there's a lot of things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what it came down to is I didn't connect with that. And so for me, I completely walked away from all religion. And I even walked away from the idea of God. Like I got to a point where I'm just like, I, at this point in time, I'm going to live day by day. And if I go out tomorrow, then so be it. Then that's it. I'll worry I'm done. about God when I'm sitting yeah. in front of him if I get yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> if, that, if that happens, right? Um, and so as I, as I stepped away from that, there was an intrinsic yearning. I guess if you, if, if that's, I don't know if I, it was yearning to the point where I was seeking it out, but I just had this internal feeling that, that there's still something more. And so for me, what God became is, is I actually latched onto that, that scripture, God is love. So I latched on and say, look, I'm not going to think about a man or a woman yeah. or any yeah. entity other than a power source. Mm-hmm. And as I started to say, okay, Love is my God. And as I stepped into that, all of a sudden I felt something. Mm-hmm. And, and then that's when the work started. See, here, here's the beauty though. Listening to you just say that. Does your, your experience with spirituality conflict with mine? No. Exactly. But your religion, if you were Muslim, might conflict with mine if I'm a Christian. Yep. But spirituality has no conflict when you really get down to it. God is love. I can I can get with that all day. Mm-hmm. And love is your God. I can get with that all day. Mm-hmm. You're not saying anything that I have not experienced. This is your experience. It does not conflict with mine. Exactly. And that to me is the difference between spirituality and religion. And while you're talking, I was reminded of a, of a statement. Think of a flame. You know, think of a forest fire. An ember that flies off from the main fire has the same power and potential as the roaring inferno. But this is just a little spark mm-hmm. over here. And if it lands on something. Yeah. You can start the same. God is the inferno. Let's just say. We are the little sparks. We're the little embers that shoot off mm-hmm. from there. So we have the same, we're made of the same thing. We are love ourselves. And so that's what I, that just came to mind when you were talking. But the main thing being that spirituality has, in my mind, has no conflict 
or limitations or controls. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, I needed that. Like I needed because I was, I was under so much shame, guilt because of the control, because of the, the confinement of you have to do this, this and this. And, uh, as I started to expand on that, um, I started to explore other realms in which I never even was familiar with. So more of like the spirituality realms, mm -hmm. right? The energy, um, discovering certain gifts, spiritual gifts, as far as being empathic and intuitive and clairvoyant and precognitive. And so all these different things started to happen and evolve in my life. And <clears throat> as I started to settle into my understanding of what spirituality is uh, and who I was, right. Is that, that was the biggest, that was the biggest thing is because I wanted to truly understand who I was in the religion. They teach us we're, we're sons and daughters of God, but yet if God's perfect and God is love, but yet I'm this heathen, how I, that doesn't correlate. That doesn't connect with me. Mm -hmm. Right, because I'm being told and taught that I'm one way, but yet I'm supposed to be a son or daughter of God, and so for, that didn't connect with me. But then when I stepped into spirituality and I realized, like, oh, we all come from the same energy source. We are all the essence of God essence. Right, the the thought of we are a spiritual being having a physical experience, and it just released a lot of that and opened the door to a lot of different types of belief centers mm -hmm. and systems that allowed me to feel more me. Right. And understanding that, no, like these experiences that I had, we we've had an episode about duplicity and understanding that my darkness, right. God is in the dark just as much as, as they are in the light. Mm -hmm. Because if you, if there is a, a supreme being out there that knows all things, that's creator of all things like religion teaches, do you not think that that being man or woman has not experienced all the darkness as much as they've experienced the light? Mm -hmm. So then if they're chastised and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're punished for their darkness. Well, have they become God? Yeah. So for me, it was the disconnecting of the rules and regulations that religion confined me to, to being more expansively open to understanding that, you know what? I am worthy. But I think that's that's exactly it. Is religion is confining. And I think a lot of people are having an, an experience in this world lately where they are looking for more because they intuitively feel confined by the dogma of their chosen religion. You can only do so much, yeah. But, but when you transcend religion into your own personal relationship, i.e., spirituality, there's no limit on where you and what the type of relationship, and then how you show up in the world. If you're tuned in, you can tune out, but when you're tuned in, there's no limit to that. There's no limit to the power that flows through you. So. Well, and I think that's a great point because if I may, I want to share my belief system led me into understanding the fact that we be being eternal beings, that we live multiple lives, that, that this isn't my first time going through a life cycle in a physical body. And with that understanding, 
also came the knowledge and understanding because I would ask, well, why is religion as powerful as it is? Why does it have such a big influence in the world today? Because when you think, think about how governments and societies were formed based off religious principles. So my understanding came from the fact that, <clears throat> that religion is like schooling that for some, some people find comfort and peace within the structure of the religion aspect. I can, I right? can see that. It's like some people love school. I hate it. <laughs> right. I, I didn't like school at all. I, you know, there are certain elements that were fun, but the reality of it is so, so for other people, for certain people, individuals, and, and that's what I'm saying is I want to, I want everyone who's listening. And if you're getting upset or offended, please don't be, this is not our intent. Um, we just wanted to have a forum to be able to share our experiences with spirituality and religion. And if you're a religious person and that's your belief system, then, then by all means continue to believe in that. We're not saying don't believe in that and that you're wrong. What we are merely saying is though, is, to, is we are talking about this topic of awakening I love what you said, Darnell, is that regardless of spirituality or religion, it's about you creating two relationships in my mind. First and foremost, it helps you create the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. It helps you to understand who you are and where you came from. The second relationship is a relationship that you create with God or your higher power. Mm -hmm. And what I, I, I always refer to this, and I love this, this answer, you know, in Christianity, in the Bible, you know, they came to Jesus Christ to ask him, to trick him and said, what are the two greatest commandments? Right? They're trying to trick him because the law of the land at that point in time was you have to obey all 10. So they came to him trying to trick him and said, hey, tell me the two greatest master. If you're truly the master and you're a truly son of God and you're this Messiah, come and tell us who, what's the two greatest because they could trick him. And he didn't say he didn't say any of them. He said the first great commandment is to love God with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. Now let me take that to a step further. And here's what I discovered in my path. What he was also saying is love yourself with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. If we are truly sons and daughters of God, or truly connected to God's source, or we are truly creations of God or a God or the universe, or whatever you want to call it, if we are creations of that, then therefore we need to show the same respect and honor to yeah. ourselves. You can't disrespect yourself. <laughs> as that. So, so love yourself with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. And then he said the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as thyself. Love the people around you the same way you should love yourself, with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. And, and for me, that connected me to God, that connected me to source, that connected me to love. Yeah. As I understood that scriptural reference at that point in time, oh, I need to love myself with all my heart, my mind, and strength. And I have not been taught that. No. Ever. In fact, in my experience, which is similar to yours, my experience, you... That's that's not taught. And that is the problem I have with church. You go to church, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. God's here to save you. You need to be saved because you are so bad. You've got to be saved. Come up here and repent and God will save you. But how often have you gone to church and you've heard somebody say, hey, 
how's your relationship with you? Like, and your, your experience is perfectly a perfect example of that. Had someone come to you and said, Jeremy, let me teach you how to love yourself. I know you've been through some things. Let me teach you how to love yourself. That, you know, those things you've been through, it's okay. You don't need to hold that over your own head. Let me show you, let me show you some love. Let me teach you about love. And I'm going to teach you how to love yourself. That would have been a game changer for you. Now, you've had that experience. You had to go find it yourself. Mm-hmm. But you've had that experience. That's where, like, church, they don't they do not do it. You know who does it is Joel Osteen. And a lot of people in Christian circles have a problem with Joel Osteen. Well, he doesn't preach the Bible. He doesn't. The dude, he has a grasp on encouraging people. That's all he knows to do. Whether you agree with him or not, tell me what is wrong with him encouraging people. Well, he doesn't teach people that they're sinners. He's always talking about, well, you know, be your best. And, you know, no. everybody knows where they, excuse my language, where they fuck up. Like, we, it's very clear to us where we <laughs> yeah. get shit wrong. <laughs> yeah. But that's not new news. So to come to go somewhere and hear you browbeat me day, Sunday, Sunday in, Sunday out about how messed up I am in my life is at a certain point, And this is what happened to me while I stopped going to church. I'm done hearing that message. I don't want to go to church and hear that message. I want to go to church. I want to go somewhere where the message I hear is, okay, here's how we, here's how we become the best person we can be. So let's talk about that. I'm not, I'm not concerned with what you did back then yesterday or any time in the past. Let's talk about today. Let's talk about where we're going. Haven't found that yet. But Joel Osteen would be, from my experience, the closest thing. Now, I've had to go and find that on my own by reading scriptures. And and again, it's not like I'm out here perfect. I still make mistakes. I still whatever. But then you, you start to also get out, away from the concept of right and wrong. Yes, that's that's exactly the point that I was going to make, right? When you say that I still make mistakes. What when my when my detachment from religion happened. And as I worked on myself and as I worked on healing and I worked on growing, and I worked on expanding, I all of a sudden I'm being introduced to new concepts. I started to be introduced to concepts of, you know, what, there's no right or wrong. There's merely just experiences. And each of those experiences are valuable. They help you learn. They help you grow. They help teach you. Again, going back to the, the the phrase that I said, God is as much in the dark as he is in the light. The reality of it is, is you can't understand sweetness unless you know bitterness. You can't understand love unless you know hate. You can't, can't understand joy unless you know, you know, anger mm-hmm. and pain. And so to truly, to truly be full embodiment of all knowing. You have to experience those things. But if you're punished for experiencing those things, then how does that how does that relate to now me? there are consequences for yeah. our decisions and our actions. You you cannot get away from consequences. But as far as But even even other than consequences, because that has a negative connotation, there are specific outcomes tied to your actions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And when you understand that. I think that that releases a lot of the shame based 
focus yeah. when it comes to living life. Yeah. The other point that I want to make that really helped me was the fact that as you start to come into your own and you start to discover who you really are and you start challenging those questions of like, who am I? Am I, am I part of God? Am I, am I God? Like who am I from a spiritual perspective? When you start to step into that and you discover that we have all of the creative power within us, right? Nowadays, you hear a lot of the, the power of manifestation, the power of creativity, the power of, of attraction or the law of attraction. You start to learn and discover that I have more within me than I ever thought or was ever taught within the religion yep. perspective, yep. right? I I don't necessarily I look at Jesus Christ now not as a savior I look at him as a, a an ascended master that came to teach the principles of love. Did he pay the price for all my sins? That was a story that was told. I don't I don't connect with that now because I don't necessarily connect with the sin aspect of life anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? At the end of the day, I I I'm here to learn how to choose, how to make my own choice of how I want to live. And we all have that free will. That That is one similar taught and universal law that's taught across every religion, every spiritual perspective. We have the ability to make our own choice because that's our free will. That's what gives us the ability to be God-like. And so for me, it's about learning, okay, how do I want to show up? And up to that point in that my life, like, I knew in my heart I was a good person. I, I loved people. I cared about people. I was compassionate. I would help as much as I could. Like I, I, I was the kid that fought bullies because bullies were picking on, you know, the the kids mm -hmm. that were getting bullied. I was because I was bigger, stronger. I would go fight those kids. I can't tell you how many fights I got into when I was younger, and a lot of them were because I was protecting somebody else. Um, you know, I would, I would, I would go do something for somebody else. I'd mow someone's lawn when they needed to. I was that kid, but yet on the flip side too, I lied all the time because the way I was there, you know, have that experience with the sexual abuse. I, um, you know, I didn't, wasn't always living a life where I was on the up and up and treating people right. Right. There are times where I was an asshole and I was a dick and, yep. and I made people feel horrible about themselves. So, so up to that point in time, like I, I had lived this life, you know, and even even at the juncture that all this was happening and going down on my breaking point, I had an affair, something that broke my wife's heart at the time and broke my own. Like that that shattered my heart, I think, just as much as it did my wife. Yeah. The fact that I could do something like that to somebody Within else killed was, me. That was the result of the choice. Now you know yeah. better. Now you know better. Exactly. And now I can choose. Yep. So in detaching that, right, now I, now that I have a different understanding and saying instead of just shaming myself and saying I'm this horrible devil person, but saying, you know what, no, I'm a, I'm a spiritual being having a physical experience and that action had these results to it, now I get to choose, right? And we're hard-headed and we, sometimes we repeat the same patterns and behaviors and it takes us <laughs> two or three times and I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm extremely <laughs> well, hard-headed. I'll be right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm extremely hard-headed and I'm still figuring shit out from like 13 years ago with my understanding and expansion, right? And, yeah. and learning and growing. But the fact of the matter is that here's the point that I want to make when we're talking about spirituality and religion because in today's society, I think there's this all of a sudden this conflict that's being created. Right, this measurement of like, well, what's right, what's wrong? Is it better to be religious? Is it better to be spiritual? The fact of the matter is this if we can come to terms with understanding that even within religions, there's not one true religion. 
the religion that I was a part of, they always said that they were the one true religion. I, regardless, if you're going to be religious, okay, you hold on to your truths. And if you believe that, that's fine. But there are universal truths that are all encompassing that transcend. that transcend all religions. And it goes back to the scriptural reference that I was saying, love God with all your heart, mind, mind and strength, love yourself with all your heart, mind, mind and strength, and love your neighbor with all your heart, mind, mind and strength. At the core essence of what religion and spirituality is, I think that's what it falls into, mm-hmm. right? And and going along with this podcast, going along with the, the messages that we've been talking about and the topics we've been having conversations about, talking about healing, talking about letting go of ego, to truly love ourselves, we have to get to a point to know who we are. Mm-hmm. To deepen your love for something, you have to gain a greater knowledge of what that something is. Yeah, you don't fall in love. Oh, I just saw you and I'm in love. No, you fall in love with someone because you got to know them. Yeah. And there's that love at first sight. There's cosmic connections, right? There's a lot of those things. But you still got to get to know them. <laughs> but you still got to get to know them. And the more you get to know them, that relationship deepens. Yep. Right? And so going back into the awakening and talking about the awakening, for me, the religious and spirituality, I had to leave one behind in order to find the other. And in turn, that experience helped me to start to see myself in a different light. Releasing the the control, the shame, the guilt, the pain that came tied to the religion aspect, by releasing that opened me up to a spiritual opportunity to see my soul and who I am. And that I'm not all these things that I was told I was. Mm-hmm. Could I be? Yes. Could I choose to be? Yes. Does, but does that literally define me? No. There's other things that are inside of me. Mm-hmm. And so listening to the, hopefully anyone listening to this, this episode understands this main point is when you are awakening to the true essence of who you are, that's when you can start to get to a place where you can love and accept who you are. Now, if that's by means of religion, great. If that's by means of spirituality and leaving religion behind, great. The most important thing is to understand that you are a spiritual being. That what lies within you is more powerful than anything else. There's a, there's a quote from uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, which is one of my favorites. He says, the things that lie with on the outside of you and the things that lie within you are, are no, what is it? The things that lie outside of you are small compared to the things that lie within you. Something to that effect. But the fact of the matter is, is I want to get this point across, is that, that within us we have the depths of the universe. We have the depths of God. We have the, the spirit of all creation inside of us. Mm-hmm. And it's important to learn what that is for us. It's yeah. important to How accept fast through us. Yeah. yeah. And acknowledge that fact. And we're not, we are all part of the same energy field. We're all part of the same energy source. We all come from the same essence, but we all have a uniqueness to us. The snowflakes <laughs> like the snowflakes right and as i love how ramey brought that up in, in the episode we talked about each snowflake has a distinct design to them we're not the same we need to embrace the difference between us we need to love those differences 
Just because something doesn't look the same or someone doesn't believe the same, does someone doesn't feel the same or act the same, that doesn't mean that they can't, we can't love them or they can't love us. And so whether it's spirituality, whether it's religion, here's what I want the message that I want to get across is that it all comes down to love. And my favorite definition of love is true love is found in the absence of judgment. So when we get to that point in our awakening and we discover those things, the elements about us, don't judge them. If you're in an environment, whether it's religion or just a spirituality or people putting their beliefs on you that, that contradict that, separate yourself from that. Be okay with that. Because what you find on the other side is much more powerful, mm-hmm. much more ma- magnificent, much more impactful in your life than staying in that same environment. So on that note, we encourage all of you. If, you, if you're in a place where you are conflicted with your religion or, or searching out some mode of connection to or yearning to soul, to God, to some universe, whatever, something bigger than yourself. Okay. Explore all of them with an open mind and most importantly, with an open heart. And when you discover what that is and what's right for you, I promise you, your heart will leap and it will tell you this is the right way that we want to believe. This makes sense to, to, to me. And keep exploring. If you're in a, a, in a, a place of despair, a f- place of shame, of guilt, and shame is one of the, the biggest detriment to human, to mankind, in my opinion. If you're in a place of shame, reach out. Reach out to us. Reach out to someone who, you, who can help you kind of work through that shame. We've had healers on this show. Reach out to them. Um, there's so much... There's so much more life to live beyond the walls and chains of shame, guilt, pain, and really sitting in and being free to be who you are and accepted fully for that. So on that note, we love you. We're so grateful for the opportunity to to have these conversations with you guys and hope that these things are of value and hope you have a wonderful and a blessed rest of your week.